So anyway, over the last several weeks, can you believe it? Eight weeks. This is week eight of the series that we've been on entitled Walk This Way. I think that's the longest series I've ever done. I usually go about six, seven weeks. We went eight weeks and we went through the entire book of James. How many have been blessed by that? All right, good. Well, today we're going to be wrapping up this series uh, entitled Walk This Way, and we're going to be looking at James chapter 5 and the last verses 13 through 18. So the book of James chapter 5, verses 13 through 18. And while you're getting there and I'm getting there as well, um, I want you to just think about over the last several weeks, we've learned a lot. And here's, here's one of the things that really really, really blessed me about this, that, you know, God meets us right where we're at. And he met the people of Israel, the, the, the Jewish believers of that time, um, the early church, right where they were. And they were going through a lot of different things, a lot of, they were in transition. And over the last several weeks, we learned about a lot uh, just from the book of James and what God inspired upon his heart that really is applicable to our lives. We, it covered issues that, we're, that we face and they were facing. Uh, just as, something as simple as, Taking a different perspective in the midst of trials. Seeing it from a different point of view. It, by the way, if you've missed any part of this series, go ahead and go to our website, ctbny.com. Listen to messages right there. The, the whole podcast, the whole series is there. But we learned about taking a, on a different perspective in trials. We learned about um, uh, the need to listen. How many of us listened in on that one? Really listening in a different way. We learned about the issue of division and unity. And how every single person matters. We learned about the power of our words and how to approach conflict in a right way. And we learned last week about the value of enduring faith for the long haul. And today as uh, we come to the end of this letter that we know is the book of James, uh, we are ending on the topic of prayer. Prayer. You know, me as a, out of curious nature, I, I can't just read the Bible. I have to really think about it. I've really got to envision what the word uh, is saying and explore the history. I'm just a Bible geek. But the thing about it is that I find interesting is that James is inspired by God to end at a very powerful place. A place that sometimes we can easily overlook if we're not careful. And it's prayer, ladies and gentlemen. It's prayer. It's prayer. Prayer is powerful. Do you know that the statistics actually say that the, 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 the average person who at least professes to pray, that th when they pray, they pray for one reason. The number one reason, what do you think it is? For their need, their needs, right? Their needs. And look, there's nothing wrong with praying about our needs. It's appropriate. We should come to God with our needs. But today we're going to see that prayer is so much more than our needs. And I believe that the reason why James ends, why God touched his heart that way to end this letter with the issue of prayer is because prayer is about dependence upon God. I want you to think about this. Are you depending upon God? That's a, that's a big question. That's a very challenging question if we, if we really stop to consider that. Are we truly depending upon God? And so today we're going to be speaking from the subject of when heaven meets earth. I don't know if you've ever thought about your prayers that way. But when you pray, the Bible says that you come boldly before the throne of his grace. Where you find his grace and mercy. And actually in the Greek, it says more grace, more mercy. And so prayer is powerful. We touch heaven. But what we begin to see, and as we'll see today through the, through the scriptures that we're going to be looking at, is that heaven touches our circumstances. Heaven touches our lives. I don't know about you, but Jesus wasn't playing when he said, I really believe what Jesus said, that the kingdom of God is at hand. I believe that. And so why not touch the kingdom? Why not daily commune with the king of kings and the Lord of lords and let, allow him to speak to you in this intimate uh, act of prayer? And so we're going to pick up in James chapter 5 and we're going to start at verse 13. And it starts off by saying, is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with the oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. 
I want to just point something out to you right from the jump, right from the start, as we get out the gate here. That while James is writing to a people that are definitely in need, they have needs. I mean, we heard this over the last several weeks. These were people that were persecuted. These were people that were being martyred for their faith. These were people that were being hunted down. These were people that were familiar with lack and challenges and contention from within and contention outside their ranks. These were people that had questions about faith and had struggles and, and, and suffered through trials and, and, and lost their way at times. And James, throughout this whole letter, by inspiration of God, is speaking to them and redirecting them and saying to them, don't go that way, walk this way. Put your attention upon everything that you've learned about this relationship with God. And herein, he points them to this issue of prayer. And what we see here is this, that prayer is not just about our needs, but prayer is about every season in life. Every season. Notice what he says in verse 13. He says, is any among you in trouble? He says, pray. Are you happy? Let me translate that for you. Are things going good? Are you blessed? Are you enjoying the goodness of God? Are you flourishing in your relationships? Is everything well? Well, hey, guess what? Sing songs of praise. Direct your attention to God. Pray. He says, is any of you experiencing bodily affliction? Are you in sickness? He says, call the elders. Call mature people. Call people that will stand in faith and that will encourage your faith to come and pray with you. In every season of life, ladies and gentlemen. We should pray. Not just in our need. Not just in our need. Not just in our need. And many times, if we could just be transparent with ourselves, honest with ourselves, what we do is we approach God simply from a place of need. Simply from need. Nothing wrong with approaching God with need. But let me ask you something, husbands and wives. How would a relationship work between a husband and a wife? with your husband, with your wife, if they only came to you and everything they spoke to you about was what they need? What kind of relationship would that be? Wouldn't work. What makes us think that a relationship with God is about bringing him a laundry list of simply needs? God is not just about gimme, gimme, gimme. Listen, it is, it is his joy to provide for us. But God desires that we would understand and come into personal relationship, personal communion with him in every aspect of our lives. You know, I love what verse 15 points out here. Um, It talks about prayer and it says that the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well and the Lord will raise them up. Just want to encourage you and your faith here that prayer is more than just the words that we mutter to God. It's an act of faith. Prayer is an act of faith. Think about this. You're talking to a God that you can't see. At sometimes you can't feel him. At sometimes you're talking to him and yet you still have questions. And in the midst of it, it's the prayer of faith. It's the one that puts a confidence of God in a God that we can't see and that some people don't know and that sometimes we have questions and in the midst of it, when we approach him, it's an act of faith. I'll tell you why that's important. I believe it's Hebrews chapter 11, but Hebrews 11 says that, uh, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. You know what it's talking about there? It's more than just the act of pleasing God. It's about personal relationship. It's all based on faith. And so prayer is an act of faith. It's putting legs to what you believe, ladies and gentlemen. And you're going to see prayer is so much more than just asking God today. Let me point something else out to you. Uh, Let's look at verse 16 for a moment. Because I was asking myself this. Okay, so I get it. Got to pray. I think we've all been there where we've said, all right, I got to pray. And some of us, we beat ourselves up about the fact that we don't pray sometimes or that we didn't spend a certain amount of time in prayer or we or we forgot or whatever it is. And we condemn ourselves. That's not God's heart. That's not God's heart. That is not what God calls you and I to. And so what's the big deal with prayer? Why is it necessary? And the answer lies 
in this verse right here. Let me read it to you. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Watch this. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It's powerful and effective. I said, it's powerful and it's effective. Maybe when you pray, you don't think of it this way. But God says that when you pray, your prayers are powerful. You're not word powerful there. What it, it comes from the Greek word that we, de- we derive the English word from this Greek word, energio, which speaks of energy. But it's more than just energy. It's, it's energy, it's operative power and might within. It's a power that's meant to be shown forth. It's a power that works with great effect for one's aid. That's literally what it's talking about. It, we're all familiar with this power on a daily basis. A power in particular. I'll use this as an example. When we get up in the morning, we rely on this particular power that I'm going to talk to you about for a moment. Uh, we, when, when you use your phone, you need this power. When you listen to the radio, you need this power. When you turn on your television, you need this power. When you're driving, you need this power. It's the simple power called electricity. By the way, I'm not saying that that's the power that this is talking about. But I want you to consider power for a moment. Just power in general. Power that's operative. Did you know that electricity has always been in existence? Did you know that? It's always been there. It's always been there. In about 2600 BC, the Egyptians began to notice that when lightning struck, that there was static energy that was emitted. And they began to to, to dive into that area to, to consider what is happening here? What is this power? They never quite tapped into it. In the 1600s, fast forward about four or five hundred years from us, uh, they began to explore this issue of power that emitted from lightning. And someone got to the point up until the 1800s where they began to tap into that power. And today we have lights. How many of you thank God for light? How many of you thank God for refrigeration, right? Especially when it's hot. How many of you thank God for the ability for your car to turn on and your lights and your radio to come on and you'll be able to drive? It takes more than gas, ladies. What my point with that is simply this, that this is a power that's always been available, always. But it wasn't until somebody took the personal interest to explore it, to dig into it, to discover it, and then to use it for greater purposes that that power wasn't powerful in their life. It wasn't until that point. My point with that is this, ladies and gentlemen, God says that your prayers are powerful, that they contain immense power that is operating. And the tool to release the power of God is your prayers. Prayer. 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 Your prayers are powerful. Remember who you are and start praying because of whose you are. Because of the power that's available. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that your prayers are effective. Effective. And what's interesting about that word effective there is that it talks about a force that avails itself of power. It's speaking of wielding power. In other words, you've got this hammer and you've got this nail, but unless you pick up that hammer and tap that nail, you'll never be able to do anything with it. You are a force that it's created to avail yourself of the power of God that has been deposited in you. That'll change your approach to God when you understand what God says about you. That'll change the way you approach God in relationship, how you approach circumstances. See, prayer isn't about addressing God from a place of powerlessness and lack. Prayer is not about approaching God from a place of powerlessness and lack. Oh no, ladies and gentlemen, maybe you've been taught that somewhere else. That is not what the scriptures reveal. That is not what the scriptures say. The scriptures 
clearly declare there is power when you pray. It is effective when you pray. You might not feel that way. You might not see it that way. You might not believe it sometimes. But the word of God declares that when you pray, there's power at work. So see, prayer isn't about addressing God from a place of powerlessness and lack. No, prayer is the means by which you release the power of God within you. Within you. I'm going to show you that. In verses 17 and 18 of James chapter 5, James alludes to someone that all these Jewish believers knew. They had heard of him. As a matter of fact, in their culture, many revered him. The scriptures declare that there came a time when Jesus was transfigured, that this guy Elijah and Moses show up, and, 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 and Peter was so impressed. He says, let's build an altar for the three of them. My point with that is simply this, that Elijah was someone that everyone was familiar with. But why? Watch this. Verse 17 in James chapter 5. It says, Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. See, this guy Elijah, he was known for being that guy. When Elijah showed up, people listened. Because people understood that Elijah was God's man. And when Elijah spoke, Elijah didn't speak from his own resources. Elijah spoke because he heard from God. He was the prophet of the day. Now, you might say, well, I'm not a prophet. No, you, you, you know what? You've been elevated. The Bible says you're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that he loves you, that he speaks to you directly, that you know all things, that you have an anointing. And so you, you, you have more than what Elijah had back in those days because Elijah was looking forward to Christ coming. You and I have witnessed the risen king, and we now live in, 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 in the presence of God. We, we serve a living God. And so this guy Elijah, he was known for his great feats and miracles. Elijah was known for the guy to be the guy that God spoke to directly and through him. And he was known as the guy that prayed and God listened, resulting in great things happening. But check out what God says to us through James about Elijah. Go back to verse 17. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. Do you know what the scriptures just declared there? You can pray powerfully just like Elijah. Think about what the scriptures say. He prayed that it would not rain. And it didn't rain for three and a half years. And again, he prayed. And then the rains came back. Now, for some of us, we might go, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's good for Elijah. But, you know, I kind of struggle believing that prayer is that powerful. See, therein lies the problem. You struggle in believing. You struggle to believe. See, this power is resident and available. It wasn't until somebody actually believed that they could hone into the power of electricity that they did. And therefore, we enjoy the benefits of it. Ladies and gentlemen, you will never know the power of your prayers unless you pray. You won't know them. You won't know them. You won't know them. And you should pray about everything. What does that mean? That you come to God with a laundry list about everything in your life? You know, going back to the examples, a marriage where we're just asking each other for something is not going to work. No, we talk about everything. Me and my wife, we talk about everything. We talk about everything. Anything and everything. You can talk to God about anything and everything. It doesn't necessarily mean that you're asking God for something. You know, sometimes I talk to God about you. I talk, to God about, I talk to God about my motorcycle. I talk to God about, you know, what I see around me. I talk to God about my dreams. I talk to God about my insecurities. I talk to God about my, my concerns. I talk to God about my family. I talk to God about everything happening around me, what I see on the news. I talk to God about what I'm playing, when I'm playing a bass. I talk to God about everything, anything and everything, because he knows it all anyway. But I want to get back to this point that 
Elijah was a great man of God, but God says he was human just like you and me. Man, what an encouragement. See, when you pray, heaven responds. When you pray, heaven responds. And heaven moves on your behalf. Psalm 145, 18 says this, The truth is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him, listen, in truth. Did you get that point? You know, sometimes we pray, but there's no truth associated with what we're praying about. If you're just praying strictly out of your emotional mess, there's no truth associated with that. Oh, it might be true that you feel what you feel, but it's not based upon the truth of God's word. And so I want to point something out to you that effective prayer operates according to the truth. When we pray, we should pray in alignment with the truth that God's word reveals. You know, in Ephesians chapter 6, and I didn't put that up there, but just to, you could write this down in your notes. I know all of you are taking notes, right? But in Ephesians chapter 6, it talks about the armor of God. And it talks about the breastplate of righteousness, the, the, the helmet of salvation, right? Uh, the shield of faith. It talks about the feet that are shod with the gospel of peace, right? And it talks about the sword of the spirit at the very end. But then right after it talks about the sword of the spirit, which it says is the word of God, it talks about praying in the spirit at all times. I want to point something out to you about prayer. Prayer is the tool by which you give voice to the word of God and release that word which operates as a sword. We should be praying. We should be praying always, ladies and gentlemen, about everything. It releases power. It causes things to change in our lives. And above all, if there's any reason better than any of everything that I, anything that I just said, it's this, that the Lord is near to all who call on him. The Lord is near to all who call on him. That doesn't mean that he's not near when you don't call on him. But our awareness is raised in the midst of prayer to a God who's always present at all times, in our times of need. And so, what can we learn from Elijah's prayers, prayer experience? Well, James saw it fit to talk about this moment where Elijah prayed and the rain stopped. And so, I'm, we're just going to go there. And so, turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Kings chapter 17. And I want to go through this rather quickly, if you don't mind. Starting at verse 1, it says, Now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, as the Lord, the God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain uh, in the next few years, except at my word. Listen to what he just said. Except I declare so, there won't be rain. Verse two, it goes on and says, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Kerith Ravine east of the Jordan. And you will drink from the brook, and I, have, and I have directed the ravens there to supply you with food there. And so he did what the Lord had told him. He went to Kerith Ravine east of the Jordan and stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the brook. Now let me give you some background here. Because what happened here is pretty amazing. Elijah is the prophet of God. And so Elijah's job was to always speak the truth that God would give him unto the people to turn their hearts back to God. To give guidance and wisdom to the king over Israel and all that. And so this guy Ahab becomes the king of Israel. Problem was that Ahab was a really evil guy. Ahab joins himself to a woman called Jezebel. And he marries her. And Jezebel was a very evil woman. And one of the things about her was that she worshipped a pagan god named Baal. And so Baal was kind of the god of the day for unbelievers. And so in him joining himself to Jezebel, here's what happens. Ahab begins to worship Baal. 
And Ahab begins to raise altars all throughout Israel unto Baal. So watch what happens. What do you think the people of Israel did? They began to worship Baal. There's a problem here. And so Elijah comes to Ahab and he says to him, at my word, there will no longer be rain until I say so. Why would Elijah do that? There's a reason why. Number one, because God directed him. But two, because Elijah was challenging the idea, the belief that Baal was the one and true God. And so what Elijah's doing is providing an example to prove our God is the one and true God. You're worshiping a false God. And so what happens is this, that uh, Elijah speaks this word and it stops raining. It stops raining and it doesn't rain for three and a half years until Elijah prays again. Now, for some of us, you might struggle believing that. But let me tell you some things that you should consider believing when it comes to prayer. You might struggle with this one idea that God hears you. That God hears you. First John chapter five, verses 14 and 15 says this, this is the confidence we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked from him. I want to point your attention out to something here. It says, and if we know that he hears us, if we know, If we truly believe that he hears us, if we're convinced of that, if there's confidence in that, that's a powerful prayer. I got a friend of mine. His name is Marcus. Um, I met Marcus about a year and a half ago. I think we have a picture of him. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. Uh, We met about a year and a half ago. His name is Marcus Gill. We met about a year and a half ago at a conference, and uh, he was the speaker at a breakout session for pastors. Um, and it was a really good session. So afterwards, he was just kind of just saying hello to everybody as they were walking out. And uh, for some reason, he just took special interest in me. He was like, hey, man, tell me about yourself, man. And where are you from? And, and where's your church? And I said, well, you know, my name is Jose. I'm married. This is Nat. And he's talking about his wife. And they're expecting a child. And, and he says, where's your church? And I said, it's in the city of Newburgh in New York. He says, wait, Newburgh, New York? And I said, yes. I said, what you know about Newburgh? He says, man, I was out there for a couple of years. I used to live in the South and my grandfather was pastoring the church out there. And then he got really ill at one point. And so I came up to help him out and I ended up pastoring the church for two years. And the church grew to great capacity. And, you know, we did all these things. And I had heard about some things that were happening when we were just starting up. Uh, a huge event that happened called Turn. And, and they were doing things with the schools and all that. And, and, and it turns out it was Marcus, uh, his Grandfather got well and Marcus kind of found himself out of ministry at some point and questioning, where am I going? God leads him to start a ministry that is today an international ministry. This guy came from this area. Marcus ministers in South Africa. Marcus is ministering in churches like Christian Cultural Center, which is about 30,000 people down in Queens. This guy is at Elevation. He's at all these huge churches. But as I was listening to Marcus's story, everything that I heard along the way was, and I would talk to God. And I was praying about this. I share that with you because a couple of weeks after me and him initially connected, you know, we switched numbers and, and humblest guy, man, this guy's doing major, major things. This guy's on the word network. On TV, he's on Sirius XM, channel 131. This guy's on television in South Carolina where he's from. Like, he's all over. He's doing really, really big things. You'd never know the difference if you see us talking. We're going to, we might be going to Yankee game at the end of this month um, when he's back in town. And if it wasn't because he's preaching in Queens, he would have been here that weekend because I was trying to get him over here. But he was, he was already committed. I wanted to bless you guys. We'll bring him in at some point. But anyway... Uh, a couple of weeks after we met, we, he was back in town and he, he hit me up and we went out to eat. You know, being from the South, I said, I'm going to take you to a place that's got some good Southern ribs. 
Right? I took him to Brothers Barbecue. Me and my wife, we went out. We took him out to Brothers, and we're sitting there, and we're talking and just encouraging each other, just talking, you know, being friends, learning about each other. And at the end, when we were about to leave, he says, Jose, I need to pray for you and your wife. I said, okay, cool. And when he opens his mouth, I will always remember these words because it goes right in line with this point that I'm making and Elijah. The first words that came out of his mouth was, Father, I know that you hear me. And I remember when I heard those words, I said, that's right. He says, Father, I know that you hear me. I know that you hear me. Well, can I tell you everything that he prayed about up until this point has come to pass? Everything. Everything. But he prayed. And we should pray that way, knowing that God hears us. That God hears us. You know what else we should believe? That God answers us. Because God answers you. Jeremiah 33, 3 says this. It says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. It is God's will, God's pleasure to give you wisdom to answer you. The issue isn't God's, God's not answering. Don't buy the lie that says, I'm waiting on God to answer me. God's answer has already been released. Are you, are you listening? I don't have time to get into it because, man, we are way over. We, 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 we're, we're getting close. But you, you study uh, Daniel chapter 9 and you'll see that when you pray, the moment you pray, God's answer is released. It's always released. So God answers you. Here's something else that we should come to believe when we pray. That God cares for you. First Peter 5 verse 7 says this, casting all your anxiety. That word anxiety simply means cares. Casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Notice what it says. All your anxieties. All your cares. Everything that you care about. Listen, I care about my dog. I pray for him. He recently had a piece of his tail amputated. Happened by accident in the door. I had to rush him to the hospital. You know what I was doing in the truck? While he's bleeding out in the back of my truck. Praying for him. Pray about everything. Pray about everything that you care. Pray about your business. Pray about the challenges in your marriage. Pray about your children. Pray about your work. Pray about opportunities. Pray about your finances. Pray about where you belong in the body. Pray about coming here to church at the bridge. Pray about your friendships. Pray, pray, pray about everything because God cares about everything that you care about. Everything that you care about. You know, it's interesting. Elijah prays for the rain to stop. You know what that means? It it equates to a famine. Three and a half years of famine. The, The thing about it is that he's in the famine too. But while he prayed that the rain would cease, God exceeded his prayer because God took care of him. God took care of him. He sent ravens that brought him meat and bread every day in the morning and at night. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. Listen, just based upon Ephesians 3.20, let me say something to you. Pray because it's God's nature to do more than you ask. God does more than you ask. There's a good reason to pray. Because God always trumps what you think you need. God cares more about your cares than you do. It is his good pleasure to bless you. It is his good pleasure to walk with you and to see you through and to give you wisdom. So I want to close out with giving you some closing thoughts on prayer here. That we should pray about everything. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 says this. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, Present your requests to God. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Everything. 
Verse 7 says, and the peace of God, which transcends all our understanding, that peace will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We have the tendency to mainly pray when we're in anxious situations. But this should not be so. It shouldn't be so. We should pray about everything at all times because God cares about everything at all times. Let me put it to you this way. God cares about you at all times. So why not talk to him about it at all times? Remember, the key to releasing the power of God is your prayer. So pray. Encourage you with something else. Keep it simple. Matthew 6, verses 5 through 8, Jesus speaking here says, And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, in other words, you can bank on this. This is the truth. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, it says, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans. For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Don't be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Now, I know that there are some people who say, I'm actually building a closet where I'm going to pray. Hey, more power to you. The point here that Jesus is making is about personal intimacy with God. It's about talking to God about the things that nobody sees. Nobody knows. It's coming to a place of intimacy where it's just you and God. Can I say something to you? There is no greater way to avail yourself of the benefit of just you and God when you pray. Because it's a reminder, God, this is just you and me. It's you and me. Listen to what he says. He equates hypocrites to those who pray so that they can be heard. He says that it's useless to pray just and just babble on with words. He says, keep it simple. Go to God in your secret place right there, wherever that is, whatever that looks like, whatever you're feeling, and talk to God from that place. Talk to him right there. And the Bible says, Jesus says himself, that what you do in secret, that he rewards openly. He answers. And so keep it simple. Don't, don't make it about eloquent words. It always amuses me. When, when I catch somebody off guard and I say, would you pray? And they go, why are we so insecure about our prayers? Think about what the word says. He already knows everything we have need of anyway. Yeah. Just talk to him about it. Talk like a regular conversation. I know some of us, are, Father God, oh, Father in heaven, majestic king, you God above all, creator of the universe. Oh, I bow to thee today. Nothing impressive about that to God. There's nothing impressive about that when somebody does that. It's never impressed me if my son came to me and said, Father, would thou be so kindest as to bless me with a plate of food? What? Get out of here. Go get go go in the fridge. Get what you need. You get my point? Keep it simple. Keep it simple. It's not that complicated. It's a relationship. And when you pray, you have help along the way. Romans 8, 26 and 27 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through world, wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit. Because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. The truth is this. There's going to be times when you just don't know how to pray. But I want you to see something here. The Spirit of God that lives in you is always interceding on your behalf. He's always praying. And we certainly don't have time to get into this. But for those of you that understand this and if you have questions, please see us. We could talk more about it another time. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. 
Because when you pray in the Spirit, the Bible says that you pray words that are not understood by men, but God. It's Spirit to Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. It's good practice. It's biblical. And we should do that. But what I want you to see here is that even when you don't know what to pray, you are not without help. And because you are not without help, you are not without power. And you are not without effect for your circumstances. When you pray, pray with confidence. Some of you need to hear that today. Pray with confidence. Hebrews chapter 4, 15 and 16 says this. For we do not have a high priest, that's speaking of Jesus, who is unable to empathize, to relate with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are. Yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You know, we, I think we can all understand what the scripture is saying. I'll tell you why. Because when you go to talk to somebody and you share your deepest, most intimate desires concerns, fears, whatever. You go to somebody that one you trust understands you. You go to one that you trust can speak from experience to you. You go to someone that you can relate to personally, that you have a connection with. And what the scriptures are establishing here is this, that our high priest, Jesus Christ, he was tempted just like you and me. In this, he underwent all those challenges. Yet he didn't fall short. Thank God he did it. Because he proved to be the perfect sacrifice on our behalf. But my point here is this. That the scriptures are establishing that Jesus understands everything that we go through. And so in light of that, the scriptures say we should therefore go boldly. We should go with confidence to God. Knowing this. That when we speak to him, he meets our need with more grace. And more mercy. So pray with confidence. There's nothing holding you back. God has an open door policy. Talk to him. It's powerful. Today as we close, I want to ask you all to stand. And we're going to do something a little bit different. Yeah, you guessed it. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to go ahead and reach out to someone. Anyone. Reach out to someone. If you're, if you're standing somewhere without someone, go, go next to someone. Reach out somewhere. Oh, I know. You guys want to hold hands. This, we're not doing a buddy system. Here's what I want you to do. I just simply want you to just kind of touch them. You can hold their hand, whatever you want to do, however you choose to do that. But I'm going to tell you why, ladies and gentlemen. Because I want you to get this, that there's power contained right in this room. There's power here. This power right here, right now. God loves you. God's for you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. He's working through you. Ladies and gentlemen. And there are real needs here. There are real needs here. Some of you are going through some difficult times. Maybe you're struggling in an area. Maybe you're not. Whatever it is, it's okay. But just understand this, that today we have the privilege to pray. To come before the throne of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And to pray for one another. Powerfully. Powerfully. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we come to you today in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. And listen, you pray as you feel led to pray for that person next to you. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. You truly gave us all in Christ. Father, in all your wisdom, in all your goodness, in all your perfect ways, Lord, you met our every need by giving us Christ. And Lord, in Christ, 
We are one spirit with you. We're united unto you. And you've placed power in us. You've renewed our identity, Lord. You've given us a new life. New purposes. New plans. A new direction. And Lord, today we come in a joy to come before you. To look unto you, Father. We thank you because your word says that you know everything that we have need of. Before we even talk to you about it. Lord, today we worship you. And Lord, we present these, your people here. Father, I pray for the homes represented here today. Family is your plan. Division is not your plan. Division between mother and daughter, father and son, husband and wife. Division with family, that is not your plan, Lord. And so, Lord, I pray for a strengthening in the inner man of your people. That love would prevail in our homes. That peace that surpasses all understanding, Lord. That it would guard the hearts and minds of these, your people. And that it would clarify how we are to approach one another. That it would produce all that you desire in our families. I thank you, Father, that from this day forward... Because it is your will, Lord. Peace prevails in our homes. Peace prevails. Father, I pray for the marriages represented here today. Lord, help us to continually operate in love. To see according to the truth of your word and not to judge and tear each other down based upon our shortcomings. But to believe and see according to the truth that the word of God declares. Husband, that wife that you have, she is a good thing. She's a blessing from God. Wife, that husband that God has given you as head in your home, you need him. He is a blessing unto you. Father, I thank you that today oneness prevails in the marriages represented here. That the two are becoming one more and more. Thank you for that, Father. Father, I pray, Lord, for opportunities that, we, that your people have been seeking, Lord, where there's an opportunity that has been lacking, where there's a need that has been prevailing and overcoming and overwhelming in the lives of your people, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that the wisdom of God has been made known to us in Christ Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray for an opening of the understanding of your people, that they would know and find the opportunities that you've placed before them, and that they would step into the blessing that you've already provided for them. Because it's all done in Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that finances are increasing in the households, in the, in the lives of your people. I thank you, Father, that your people are walking in wisdom and that they're excelling in their careers. If they're trying to transition and find their way, Lord, I thank you that because your word is a lamp unto our feet, that your people now see the direction to go. Thank you for that, Father. Thank you for that, Father. And Lord... We even go above and beyond ourselves. We pray for the needs of others. Lord, we lift up our fellow brethren in other churches. Because we are one body, Lord. We ask, Father, that you would unite us and join us in the unity of faith. That even here at Church at the Bridge, that you would open our eyes to see and love the body as a whole. Not just ourselves, but others. To partner with others. We ask you for those opportunities, for those doors to open, Lord. Because we understand that this is about the king and his kingdom, not about ourselves. Not about this facility, not about these ourselves, our people. Help us, Lord, to be one as a body. We pray strength and encouragement to pastors, those that are struggling, those those that find it hard, that are pressing and want to give up, Lord. Help them to catch a glimmer of the hope that is theirs in Christ Jesus. Thank you for that, Father. Father, we pray for our children and the youth of our church. We pray that you would continually guard them in all your ways. We thank you that your word declares that they are covered under the shadow of your wings. That you make them to dwell in safety, Lord, as they start this next school year. We pray, oh God, 
for a supernatural strength and refreshment, for wisdom to, to, to cause them to excel in their studies, that they would rise to the top because your word says that they are the head and not the tail. I pray, Lord, that you would strengthen them in the inner man, that they would know who they are, that they would walk in the confidence of their identity in Christ. That they would not subject themselves to the pressure of others. But that they would lead by example and that they would be a light, Lord. I thank you, O oh God, because the purposes and the plans that you have for them are not to harm them, but to give them a hope and a future. Give them a glimpse of that hope and a future that's theirs, Lord. That they would rise up and lead into the next generation, Lord. Man, we could keep going here. But I want to encourage you with this because we got another service we got to do and we got to wrap up here. But I want to encourage you something, church, with something, church. Pray. 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 Pray for our president. Pray for our nation. Pray for the division amongst the body. Pray for division amongst communities. Pray. Pray about all this. Pray. Pray because our prayers are powerful, because our prayers accomplish much, because our prayers touch heaven and cause heaven to touch earth. Pray. Don't leave here and say good service. Man, I'm glad that we were able to pray. No, pray. Pray about everything. Pray every day. Now, Father, as we leave here, I pray, Lord, and I thank you for your word. That what you've done in Christ is complete in these, your people. Lord, today, I've been faithful to deliver the word that you told me to share here today. And now, Lord, I commit these people, your people, to the word of your grace. Your word which is able to equip them and build them. And to give them an inheritance amongst the saints. That simply means this. That you partake of everything that's yours in Christ. Your people are strong, Lord. I declare that over them. Your people are wise in all their ways. I declare that over them. Your people are blessed in all their ways, wherever they go, Lord, coming in and coming out. I I, I declare that over them, Lord. Your people are strong and courageous and bold. Lord, I even pray for boldness in these, your people, to speak your word with confidence. To live this gospel with confidence. To not shy away. To not shy back from it. But to live it in transparency. That all would know that Jesus is Lord. And that God is good and he loves all men. Now Lord we leave here. Praising you. Worshiping you. Thanking you for the truth of your word. We bless you. We praise you. In Jesus name. Amen.